Are you stressed out? We'll talk about it today on Press On. Hey guys, welcome to Press On with Pastor G. And uh, before we jump into today's topic, I do want to ask you to please subscribe and like and share this channel. And together we can spread the good news. We can reach a lot more people uh, with this podcast. Thanks so much. Stress today is an epidemic. The Center for Disease Control states that 110 million people die each year as a direct result of stress. Khalil Gilbron says our anxiety does not come from thinking about the future, but from wanting to control it. You know, we talk about stress in this world, and there are a lot of stresses. There's the stress of money. There's the stress of relationships. There's the stress of family responsibilities. There's job stress. There's economic stress. People that are in war zones have a great deal of stress when they don't know what's going to happen. Statistics show that more women are stressed out than men, but make no mistake, men get just as stressed. Maybe they don't show it as much, but men certainly do get stressed. And today I want to talk about stress and the godly man, because stress comes to the Christian guy too, you know, but how do we deal with it? There are some strategies that we have that maybe some others don't. A recent study showed the percentage of men in the United States who experience stress, anxiety, or depression. 82% experienced moderate to extreme stress, 73% experienced anxiety, and 61% experienced depression. I think one of the challenges for men are when we get stressed, we tend to either overreact or we don't react at all. What are the main causes of stress for men? Well, there's workplace stress. We know that's a big one. Just everyday life stresses. There's internal stresses like worry, fear, and uncertainty. Change can be a big stress. You have a change because there's a death in the family, or because you're moving, or because there's a new job, or because the family dynamic is changing. Time pressures are a big cause of stress for men. You have to get certain things done at a certain time. Mahatma Gandhi said, there's more to life than increasing its speed. <laughs> Isn't that so true? It seems like things just get faster and faster and faster, and you want to have more and more productivity, and that creates a stress all of its own. Experts tell us, well, there's practical things you can do to cope with stress. Mental health experts say, well, you should exercise, you should meditate, you should lighten your load, you should eat healthy, and these are all wonderful things. But there's got to be something more to stress than just the physical attributes of it. A wise man once said, we can't always control what happens to us, but we can control our reaction to what happens to us. What he was saying in this is basically, you can control some of the stresses in your life because maybe you're causing some of them yourself, but there's certain stresses in life that you cannot control. They just come on you. They are just part of life, and all of life has a certain amount of stress. I liken stress to lifting dumbbells. You know, if you have too light of a load, then you don't build any muscle at all. But if you have too big of a load, you can actually pull, tear, or damage your muscles. So the amount of stress in your life has to be there. You can't have no stress, but you can't have too much stress. So in our life, it really is about balance. Because stress can be a great motivator. 
so long as it's not overstressed. So how do we handle these things? People say, well, you have to have balance in your life. And that's true. People say, well, you should exercise. Yeah, you probably should. And they say, well, you should lighten your load. You should eat healthy. All these things are good, but they only go so far. Today, as I talk about stress and the godly man, I want to give you six biblical methods for handling stress. You can always go to the Bible to find some amazing answers to really help in your daily problems. Guys, I'm telling you, you have to go to the Word of God every day. You have to read it. You have to memorize it. You got to get it soaked into your spirit. And as you do so, you're going to see how things align to biblical principles and how it makes a huge difference in your life. One of the top biblical methods for handling stress is to worship. You know, when you get your minds off yourself and off of your problems, and you just think about God, you think about His goodness, you count your blessings, you think about how wonderful your life is because of Jesus Christ, it's going to make you want to worship God. And when you worship, you get out of your own presence and into the presence of God. And there's an amazing piece there. I want to read Psalm 100 for you because this is a great psalm to read when you want to worship and find that peace that passes all understanding. Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. When you meditate on this psalm, you get out of your own problems and you start to meditate on the God who controls it all. It really does shift your mindset, but it also shifts your spirit. Because the more you change your spirit into praise and worship, the less stress you're going to see in your own life. Stress has a lot to do with mental health. It doesn't mean you're crazy. It doesn't mean you have to go to a psychiatrist, but it could. But mental health really is part of our health, and stress is part of mental health. 3 John 1 verse 2 says this. It says, Beloved, I pray that in all things you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So you see, there's a direct correlation between having our soul prosper and having our health prosper. So I want to encourage you to worship, to praise God. Take time just to get out of yourself and to just think about God and his goodness. Just rehearse all the wonderful things that God has done for you, how he's saved you, how he's blessed you, how he's helped you through certain situations in your life. And the more you do that, the more you will praise him, the more you will worship him, and the less stress you'll have. You'll find your stress just dissipate. You see, what the devil wants to do is quite the opposite. The devil wants you to think about your problems. The devil wants you to think it's not going to work. The devil wants you to have self-condemnation. The devil wants you to have so much stress that you can't even handle it anymore. You know, the Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion, roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. You see, the devil's looking for someone that has these issues so that he can go in there and just try and magnify the issues. Well, the key is not to magnify your stress, not to magnify your problems, but to magnify God 
And when you do that through worship, you're going to see amazing results and a lot lower stress in your life. The second biblical method for handling stress is to pray. And I know a lot of you know that. You know that when there's trouble, it's just like, help, God, <laughs> I need your help. And our prayers are really like a lot of begging, you know. Uh, but it's interesting to know that how you pray will make a great deal of difference in the answers to your prayer. 1 John 5, verses 14 and 15 says this, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. What a powerful verse. You know, the most important thing about prayer when you first begin to pray is this. You have to know without a shadow of a doubt that God hears you. I know sometimes we pray and it just feels like our prayers bounce off the ceiling and no one's listening. But this verse tells us that God does hear our prayer. He knows our thoughts, but there's something powerful when you pray and not only pray, but guys, listen to this, when you pray out loud. It's very, very powerful. I encourage you to get to a place where you're all alone and then just start praying to the Lord out loud. It could be in your vehicle on the way to work. It could be in a, in a certain room that you have. It could be in the garage, in the shop, whatever. But take the time to pray to God and to pray out loud and to pour out your heart. You know, he knows what you're going through anyway, but he wants to hear you say it. He wants to have you come to him like a son to the Father. And when you do, just pour out your heart to him and then start to speak prayers of faith, not prayers of problems. You say, well, what's a prayer of faith as opposed to a prayer of problems? Well, a prayer of problems is basically telling the Lord everything that's going on in your life and basically saying, I can't do this. I can't make this. This is happening. This is happening. And you're basically just venting to the Lord. And I guess you're allowed to do that. He knows that anyway, but it's not faith. A prayer of faith is when you say, God, I know that you hold my future. I know that you love me. I know that I'm going through these things, but I know that you have the answer for me. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to show me, to guide me, to help me through this problem. Whatever these stresses that are happening, Lord, give me wisdom how to deal with it. And as you speak those prayers of faith, and you're basically telling God, look, God, I trust you. I know you're going to help me. This is how I know you're going to help me because your word says you will, and your word says that you hear me. When you start praying prayers of faith out loud, watch things happen in your life. You are going to be amazed at how your life changes. In just a few months, in a few years, you are going to look back and say, oh, God, you're so good. But it started with you praying prayers of faith, praying prayers of belief. You know, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Please God, and he's going to please you. The third biblical method for handling stress for the Christian man is to ask for help. Ask others for help. We are a body. We are the body of Christ. We are not individuals. And I think far too often, men want to just suffer in silence. Or they think, well, I'll just be tough. I'll just tough it out. I just won't tell anybody. And then all of a sudden, you hear stories about good Christian men that fell off the deep end, committed suicide, left their families, because they held it all inside. When you hold stress inside, there's two things that could happen. You could either blow eventually like a volcano, 
and uh, just let everything go crazy. Or you could hold it in so much that it actually creates sickness and disease in your body. Some of you that are listening right now have sickness and disease in your body as the result of stress that you have in your life that you have not dealt with and that you have not asked others for help with. I'm just being straight up with you guys. You have to let that out. There has to be an outlet to that. And in the Christian community, one of those things is to ask for help because there are certain people that know how to help with these things. I want to read Romans 12, starting at verse 3 for you. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. What's Paul saying here? He's saying to everyone, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Did you know that when you hold stress in and you don't share it with others, that you're actually being arrogant? You're not having humility. You just don't want people to see the the weakness. You don't want people to think that uh, you're a weepy person. You don't want people to think that you're weak. And yet we all go through these times when we need a shoulder to cry on, when we need someone to help us through. I hope for you that's your spouse, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a pastor, but you have to have that person that knows biblical principles that can help you through. Let's continue in Romans 12 here with verse 4. It says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. What's it saying there? It's saying that everyone in the body of Christ has certain gifts, has certain functions. So you don't have to feel ashamed if you go to a Christian counselor, for instance, or to a pastor and say, I need help. You're not being weak. All you're doing is identifying someone else in the body of Christ that has the giftings to be able to counsel you, to be able to pray with you, to be able to help you biblically find a solution and an answer to help navigate you through these storms of life. It doesn't mean you're weak. It means you have the wisdom and you have the strength to ask for help. So number one, we had worship. Number two, pray. Number three, ask for help. And then number four comes on the back of ask for help, and that is to seek community. It is amazing to me how many Christians want to be Christians without hanging around other Christians. (laughs) I know people can be the worst sometimes, but people can sometimes also be the best. And we are advised to seek community, to seek other believers, that together we're stronger. Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25 says this, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The writer of Hebrews is exhorting Christians to get together, to assemble together, to encourage one another. You can't do that alone. You know, we often talk about the example of sheep in the kingdom of God, that we're all sheep and we have a shepherd. But when one of the lambs or little sheep wanders off on their own, you know they're in trouble. Because the predators, the wolves, look for that one sheep that's on their own, and go after it. But when the sheep are together in a group, they protect each other. The same should be in the body of Christ, that we get together, we encourage each other, we protect each other. We don't bite each other. 
Although sometimes you wonder. But we should never, ever be alone in our Christian walk. If we do that, it'll set us up for failure. Seek community. And you might say, well, how do I do that? I've gone to church for years. Yes, maybe you've gone to church for years, but maybe you've never had community. Some people go in and out of church all the time, especially some of the larger churches. It's easy to get lost in the crowd. And you can go to church and hear the sermon and do the praise and worship and walk back to your car and back, go back to your house and back to your life without ever having to really talk to anyone. I encourage you to find community, and it could be in the church, it could be just other Christians you know, but make the first step. If you wait for someone to come up to you, you might wait a long time. Get involved in church groups. You shouldn't be going to church just on Sunday morning. What about a men's group? A men's group is a great thing to be part of, or a prayer service, or be part of the praise and worship team, or just ask some Christian guys that you know, let's go for breakfast, let's go for coffee, let's talk about some things, and actually have some meaningful conversations. When you do that, you will build trust, you will build vulnerability, and you will build a support group around you. You know, I'm currently leading a weekly men's group, and one of the things I've noticed is that at first, people are very quiet. People don't want to talk. People don't want to share. They don't want to pray. They just want to listen. And so I'll oblige them, and I will teach, and we will talk. But what I've noticed is over the weeks, the months, and the years that the men start opening up. They start talking to each other, first of all, just about things like the weather and tools and government and whatever. But then they start talking about the deeper things of God. They start talking about their own struggles. They start sharing about how they overcame. And it's helpful to those that are going through something similar. And as that trust, as that vulnerability grows, they understand they have a safe place to talk about their own issues and to help others with their issues. It's so powerful. I encourage you to seek community. The fifth biblical method for handling stress is a biggie, and this is powerful, guys. And I think I've mentioned this on other podcasts, but it's basically read Scripture. I encourage you, read Scripture every day. You have to do this. You have to read it. You have to try and memorize it. You have to get it into your spirit, and you get it into your spirit so that when you really, really need it, the Holy Spirit will remind you of those Scriptures, and it'll be a great comfort and a great help to you. The Bible is the living Word of God. It is powerful. The Bible says it's sharper than a two-edged sword. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All Scripture is breathed out of God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Why? Verse 17, That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You see, God doesn't want you to fail. He doesn't want you to be stressed out. You know, there's this famous saying, life sucks and then you die. That should never be the slogan for the Christian man, because life does not suck and you do not die. The Christian man says, life is powerful. Life is joyful. Life is full of the power of God in my life. I have a purpose. There is a plan for my life. And when my life is over on this earth, I just continue it in eternity with Christ. For some of you that maybe aren't seasoned Christians, you might think, well, how can I read Scripture? Do I just start at the beginning and go through it? Some of those chapters are so just historical, or they're genealogies, or they're boring, or I don't understand them. 
Well, I encourage you to get a good Bible reading plan, and there's many out there. You can just search for them online, or you can even contact us, and we'll get you a Bible reading plan, maybe point you in the right direction. A good Bible reading plan for men, for Christian men, is so vital, so important. And the sixth biblical method for handling stress is examine your load. You have to look at your life and you have to take these practical steps. Are you doing things harder or are you doing things smarter? Moses had this same issue in the book of Exodus. Moses was way, way too busy, way too overstressed, too many things going on, trying to lead like a million or more people across the wilderness. There was a lot of things that were coming to him and he just didn't have the time or the energy to handle all of it. And his father-in-law saw this. And so we read in Exodus 18, starting in verse 17, Moses' father-in-law said to Moses, What you're doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. There's a lot of wisdom there. Thank God for that father-in-law to be able to identify that Moses was running into trouble. He was getting far too busy. There was far too much stress. And that's number one. You have to be able to look at your life and say, okay, I recognize this is where the problem lies. Continuing in verse 19, Moses' father-in-law says to him, he says, Now obey my voice, and I will give you advice, and God will be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens." Wow, so the father-in-law came to Moses and said, Look it, I have a plan for you. First of all, I've recognized that you're stressed out and you need help. Number two, this is why you need help, so that you're able to be de-stressed and do what God's called you to do. And three, here's some practical things that you need to do. And he laid it out for Moses. And he says, Find good men men who fear God, men who are trustworthy, men who hate a bribe. And then you take these men and you put them as leaders over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. So Moses's father-in-law basically told Moses, you need to delegate. You need to de-stress and delegate to men that you can trust. And so he gave them the solution. He goes on to verse 22, And let those men judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you. You will be able to endure, and all this people also will go to their place in peace. God really used Moses' father-in-law, to speak truth into Moses' life. He was like, Moses, you are too stressed out, and you need to de-stress. You need to be organized. Otherwise, you're going to burn out, and then you'll be no good to anyone, and you'll certainly be no good to God. And you have a destiny. You have a purpose. So do it and do it right. I read a statistic recently that said half of new pastors quit being pastors within the first five years. They just burn out. And you know, I know that there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of workload on pastors. But even with Moses here as God's leader, even his father-in-law said, Moses, you got to learn to do things better. You have to learn to work smarter, not harder. 
And I'm saying this as something for some of you that are listening right now to me today. I'm telling you, you need to work smarter, not harder. And part of it is having people around you you can trust. And that's what Moses' father-in-law said to Moses. You need some guys around you who are trustworthy, who you can count on, and then just let them do their thing. And he was telling Moses, don't be a micromanager. And I'm telling some of you guys this now, too. Don't be a micromanager. There's certain things that you just have to let others do because they're smaller things. And no, maybe they might not do it exactly the same way you would, but you can't just take over and do every little thing. You will burn yourself out. And that's not what God's plan for you is. God's plan for you is to share the workload and do what he's called you to do. Work smarter, not harder. So these are the six biblical methods for handling stress for the Christian man. Number one, worship. Number two, pray. Number three, ask for help. Number four, seek community. Number five, read scripture. And number six, examine your load. I want to end with this verse, Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you guys that you can do it. You can make it. You can get through this. You have every spiritual tool you need to de-stress and get through whatever storm you're going through right now. There's that old country song, when you're going through hell, just keep on going. Well, there's a lot of truth to that. When the storms of life come, the winner is the one who does not quit. Well, before we go today, I want to pray for you, but I want to encourage you to leave a comment and let me know if this teaching has helped you and maybe some of the things that you're going through. And together, we can work through some of the stresses in the godly man's life. Father God, I just pray for this one that's been listening to this podcast today. They weren't listening by accident. They were listening, Father, because you drew them, Father, to this podcast because they're going through some things in their life that are stressful, storms in their life. Maybe they're going through something financial, maybe something physical or relational, whatever it is, Father, you wanted them to hear this, to be able to help them navigate the storms of life and the stresses in their life. Father God, I just pray that your peace would be upon these ones that are listening right now. Father God, through your Holy Spirit, that you would just settle upon them and upon their spirit and just lighten that load, lift that burden off them. You said, Lord, that you would share our burdens, that you would help us when the tough times come. And we accept that right now, Father. I pray for this one that's listening, Lord, that you would give them a spirit of wisdom. Lord, you said in your word that if we lack any wisdom, we can ask of you and you will give it to us liberally. And so we ask, Lord, for a lot of wisdom so we can practically do those things that will help de-stress our lives and help us navigate the storms that are in our lives. Father God, I pray for every man that's listening right now, Father, that you would send people to them at the right moment, at the right place, to encourage them, to come alongside, to give them help, to give them that sense of community. And Father God, I pray for everyone that's listening today that you would give them a hunger to read the scripture. And I pray, Lord, that you would give them the hunger to praise and worship you daily and to give you all the glory when they make their way through this trial and this storm in their life. We give you all the praise and glory for it, Father. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Hey guys, thanks for joining me today on Press On with Pastor G. We'll talk to you next time.